Hey y'all, what's going on? It's your host Janice Ho and welcome back to the Soul's Work Podcast. This is a very special episode because not only are we closing out 2021, but we are also finally wrapping up season two. I know it's been a long time coming um, and there's just so many great reflections and takeaways, lessons learned that I'm going to share with y'all in this episode. But before we dive into all of that, today is December 25th. 2021. And I know for a lot of y'all that is known as Christmas Day. For me, it is Janice Day. Um, I actually literally put it in my calendar as Janice Day because it's been a really, really crazy few days with work. Been a little bit burnt out and I actually could be working today still, but I really loved the idea of just carving out a day for myself where I got to sleep in a bit, um, do some cooking, finish my application actually for one of the schools I'm applying to uh, to become a therapist. That was really important to me. Feels really great. Um, Watching some comedy, going to catch up on some shows and do a little bit of Netflix binging. So it's been a great day so far and also a wonderful time to sit here with y'all and uh, just have a conversation about the craziness that has been 2021 as well as 2020 which you know was covered also in season two and you know I want to talk about everything from friendships to relationships to polyamory to community and so much more that I've learned from in my trauma healing work that I'm surely going to be carrying with me into 2022 and beyond um, as always, let's just quickly do our housekeeping. Y'all know the drill. You can go to the soulsworkpodcast.com for all the episodes, the blog, um, more information about the show. And it's also where you can leave a review for the pod, um, either directly on the website or you can be taken to Apple Podcasts or Podchasers to leave a five-star rating and review. If you're enjoying the show, getting something great out of it, it is honestly the best way you can support the Soulsworth Podcast at this time. So thanks so much in advance for doing that. And you can follow me as always on Instagram at Janice Hall Images and email me at the Soulsworth Podcast at gmail.com any questions, comments, feedback, or just to share a bit about your own personal story. All right, closing out 2021. It has been a crazy year. It's been an intense year and it feels really, really good to do a lot of reflection right now um, to just kind of wrap it up. There's a lot that feels like it needs to be processed and then just like go of and integrated and going into 2022 with just a bit of a clear mind, clear heart. Um, so I've been doing a lot of that. And if you follow me on Instagram, you know that I've been sharing some of those reflections, um, in my posts that I've been doing with Thais Sky's year in review workbook. It's a really awesome workbook that she puts out at the end of each year. Um, you can go check her out at thaisky.com. That's T-H-A-I-S-S-K-Y.com. And there's so many great questions that I've been working through and writing about, Um, over the past few days on relationships and friendships and community and money and career and spirituality. And um, it's just really led to me recognizing like a lot of patterns. Um, And it's interesting because y'all know I'm always kind of self-reflecting, but it's a lot different when you're actually writing it down, looking past like even all my old journal entries from this past year And really, really clearly seeing as I write it out, like, wow, these were really big patterns for me. And um, in a lot of cases, it was a bit like, shit, 
I don't want to keep doing that, you know, and it can feel a little bit confronting at times, but it's such good information to really understand ourselves better and to see where some of our tricky spots were, you know, over the course of the past year and to see how we want to do better for ourselves moving forward. So, I mean, there's so much that I could share, but I'm just going to pick a couple or so things to talk about in terms of these lessons learned, these takeaways from 2021 and the second half of the episode. I'm going to share more of the broader, bigger lessons from sort of my healing journey that I have talked so much about in season two of the pod. So, oof, where to begin with 2021? All right. Well, first off, just to kind of give an overview of my past year, I kind of almost look at it in two halves. And that first half of 2021, I was mostly on the farm. Um, Some of y'all know I live on a farm just outside the city of Toronto. And because it was still a lot of lockdowns, it was obviously winter at the beginning of the year. There was a lot of like isolation that I felt during that time. It's very difficult to develop new relationships, difficult to see people, of course. And at some point throughout that, as I was going through certain challenges, one of which I'll talk more about later, I realized that I didn't really have a lot of people in my life who were sort of a consistent, grounded presence for me, who could really hold space for me, you know, on a consistent basis when I needed that. And it brought up a lot of feelings for me because I was like, I feel like I'm that person for a lot of people in my life, right? Regardless of what I'm going through, I feel like I consistently show up as somebody who will hold space, who will be with your emotions, who will, you know, just be there to listen and really, really be a supportive, grounded presence for the other to kind of work through things, just cry if they need to, like all the stuff. And I was really craving that for myself, you know, and I felt like there was just so few people in my life who could do that for me. So I'll get a little bit more into my deeper reflection into that. But just to say now, it's kind of like one thing I've really been doing a lot of is taking a look at myself and being like, well, where is my part in this? Because if I'm noticing this pattern, I am the common denominator. And it's not to say that we can't hold other people accountable and want more from them and ask more. But it can also be quite informative to also look at what's going on on our end, right? And how are we sort of contributing to that pattern and relationship dynamics that are continuing to happen? So the second half of 2021 was a little bit more uplifting, I would say, you know, people getting vaccinated, things opening up again, summertime, warm weather, like, I'm sure a lot of y'all were feeling that same way too. There's just like a sense of more hope, I think. And it was also when I was getting back more into like the online dating apps, which have been um, just kind of like a pause and go, pause and go kind of thing throughout the pandemic. Um, And, you know, one of my, actually the most listened to episode of season two was my navigating online dating and sex after lockdown episode, um, where I talked about some of the uh, challenges with that, especially coming back into it in that second half of 2021. I'm happy to say that after that like shitty episode that I, or shitty sex 
actual incident that I shared about in that episode, things have gotten better overall. I mean, there's always still going to be tons of like ghosting and a lot of like disappointments um, and just shitty behavior um, that, you know, I've continued to come across in my online dating adventures. <laughs> but at the same time, I've learned so much, I think, about what I want and um, getting better at seeing the red flags and walking away more quickly and so much, you know, boundary setting into this. And y'all know I did like a whole episode on boundaries and that's been a huge theme of 2021 as well, continuing on from 2020. So that second half has been so much about cultivating new relationships and really making an effort to do that. Um, And yes, I mean, romantic relationships, but also friendships as well. But I do want to take a moment to talk a little bit more about the romantic side of things. I very, very briefly alluded to this in one of my Instagram posts recently, which was this thing of exploring polyamory. And that's been um, happening in the second half of 2021. It's pretty new and it was kind of unexpected in terms of not knowing that this was sort of the path that I was going to start pursuing in my dating journey, but it's happened. And so in case you're not familiar with that term, polyamory, um, it is defined as the practice of having many poly loves amory, where everyone involved is aware and consenting of partners simultaneously having multiple romantic and sexual relationships. And that's from the book Polysecure, amazing book by Jessica Fern. And polyamory is one type of consensual non-monogamy, also known as ethical non-monogamy, which can also include things like swinging and being polyamorous can also include having a primary partner or some people call it an anchor partner, nested partner, but it can also not involve that. And for me, it, my exploration of polyamory hasn't included having a primary partner, but rather I kind of am resonating more with what is termed solo polyamory. And just so y'all know, like there are all these terms. It can be helpful sometimes to um, use them as labels just to have a common language with folks. But at the same time, a lot of people might define one of the terms like solo polyamory in very different ways. And so it's always like good to check in with an individual about, well, what is your experience with this? But I just wanted to share kind of a, you know, brief overview of this for you to have some idea if this is like completely foreign to you. And the way that I often talk about this um, exploration with people close to me who I've been chatting about this with is that I kind of see it as akin to my exploration with drinking. Um, when I paused drinking at the start of the pandemic, I've talked about this in past episodes as well. And as you may or may not know, I did have a dependency to alcohol um, in previous years of my life. And so at the beginning of the pandemic, I had decided I'm going to put a pause on drinking. I wasn't saying that I was never going to drink again, but um, I really felt that I needed to pause and take an intentional look and deeper exploration into what is actually my relationship with alcohol right now. You know, what's kind of behind it? What's the motivations? Is it actually the honest thing for me to do? Is it actually aligned with how I want to be living my life? And if I am to drink again in the future, to do so because I've decided that that's the honest and right thing for me to do versus something that I've just, I'm continuing to do out of like a habit or an addiction. And so with polyamory, I, you know, see monogamy as kind of like the drinking in this case, right? So it's like, no, it wasn't saying like, I'm never going to be monogamous again, but let me just put this on hold right now, this idea of being monogamous on hold. And if I'm going to choose that again in the future, I want it to be because 
I've really intentionally explored my relationship with relationships, with relationship styles and structures. And I'm ensuring that like I'm choosing this because it is actually the right way for me and aligned with how I want to live, how I want to be in relationship with another person or people, right? So that's kind of how that came up. And I've been doing um, my usual deep dive into learning about all things polyamory and about consensual non-monogamy. Although, because I've learned a lot from my trauma healing work, and I'll get to this when in the second half of this episode when I share about my big takeaways from that, I have been trying to be mindful of taking this exploration slowly and giving myself breaks when I need to in terms of like the educational part of it and the reflective part of it. And also understanding that a lot of it is just doing as well and practicing and experimenting and like actually going out there and seeing like, what does this feel like? And being super intentional and transparent and honest about it with both myself and other people who I am in relationship with. So it's been super, super interesting. I think at the beginning, it was maybe a little bit jarring at times because you are confronting like such a huge thing that made up so much of like your worldview and, you know, expectation of how you thought you should and wanted to live your life. Um, And that can be, of course, a little bit unsettling to be like, wow, what's going to happen? And, you know, that uncertainty of what the future might hold. And again, I think all the trauma healing work in learning to be with uncomfortable feelings, learning to sit in that discomfort of uncertainty and of not knowing has been extremely helpful in this exploration as well as well as just meeting some really awesome people who have like helped me through this journey, including when I was on Facebook, a Facebook community about solo polyamory, where a lot of people share their experiences and provide support to others who are just, you know, have a lot of questions and are wondering, how do I do this thing, right? So I just wanted to put that out there. I know it's a very foreign thing for a lot of people. You know, I've shared it with a lot of people who are close to me in my life. And I know sometimes I'll get a reaction at first that's very much like, I don't I don't get this. Like, it's very hard to wrap one's head around at times. And I get that because it was for me too when I first learned about it, which was a long, long time ago, even before I've been taking this exploration on myself. But I think it's important actually to talk about other ways of doing things, right? And to share about these different experiences experiences um, so that people just know that it's out there, right? And it doesn't mean that y'all have to go do that. And it doesn't mean that if you're in a monogamous relationship that you're doing something wrong or that you need to like reassess that. Not at all. All I'm saying is that I think with so many areas of our life, the more that we learn about different people's perspectives and experiences and desires, the more I think we can have permission to tap into our own, whatever those are for us, right? And to also hopefully see other people being perhaps brave and exploratory in their own journeys, um, that it doesn't always have to follow what everybody else is seemingly doing. And again, that kind of, I think, gives us permission to take our own explorations into the things that might feel a little bit unconventional at first. So, so much more I can talk about in terms of polyamory, but I'm going to save that for perhaps another episode in the future. Um, Let me talk about another big sort of pattern um, learning that I saw through my reflection um, doing the year in review workbook. And I posted about this on my Instagram page. So I thought I would just read a little part of it. What I wrote was that 
certain relationships of mine ended or drifted apart this past year for various reasons. I definitely did experience a pretty big number of losses in terms of people who had been quite close to me. And yeah, there was a lot of loss and grief around that. Um, And I wrote that one thing I've thought a lot about is that we're always going to harm each other in relationship, right? We are too human not to. It's just part of what we do intentionally or not. But if the harm done isn't a deal breaker for us, then are both people willing to do the work of repair to continue building that relationship? Sometimes maybe the capacity or the desire to do the repair isn't there, or maybe the loss has been a long time coming and it's just simply time to walk away, or perhaps one person is walking their life path one way and the other one's path no longer aligns. And I found out with me that because I'm doing so much work on myself, because I Especially I find that when you start really practicing boundaries and really digging into like, what are your needs? What do you value? Like, what do you want in a relationship, in a friendship, et cetera, et cetera, that there can be sometimes some turbulence that happens in your present day relationships because a lot of times that ends up affecting long-standing patterns, long-standing relational dynamics that y'all had developed, right? And that probably one or more of the people got comfortable in to some extent, um, but that are no longer serving you. And if you choose to bring attention to that um, and to perhaps ask for a change, perhaps to say like, hey, this isn't working for me anymore, um, that can cause a rift, right? Like it just depends on what how that person takes it. And, you know, part of it too is like, I think when we start learning about boundaries and, and practicing it, and I did a whole episode on boundaries, as y'all know, and I mentioned this, is like, it's kind of like this awkward fucking period where you're like learning how to speak this language of boundaries and communicating it. And it's not always easy. And sometimes it comes out, um, these conversations that are had can happen imperfectly And I think that part of this whole reflection in thinking about repair is that those types of conversations and transitions can be quite messy, right? And in that experience, people can react in so many different ways. They could just shut down. They could be like, fuck you and just get angry about it. They could shut down and feel a lot of shame about themselves and feel like a failure and feel like they're such a horrible person for having done whatever is wrong and so on and so forth. And in both of those cases and perhaps others, that can really like hinder, I guess, like the ability for repair to happen. Because I think for repair to happen, there has to be like this willingness and this openness to confront the thing to take responsibility for whatever part one might have played in the dynamic. And and that's for both people because it always takes two, right? And to be able to also say like, hey, like this hurts or this is how I feel about this, right? And then to have the conversation about like, how do we move forward? And knowing that that is not just about one conversation where you come up with a solution, but it's an ongoing practice of coming back together and reconnecting and trying and navigating and like building something different. And I think that doing this entire process is incredibly vulnerable. I think it takes a lot of like It takes a lot of things, I think, Um, and maybe not all these things at once, but I mean, some of the things that I can think about is it takes bravery, takes vulnerability, takes self-awareness, 
Um, it takes doing your own work, I would say, because for example, for things like shutting down or shame or whatever, like that's coming from our own stuff, right? And so I think if we're not doing our own work um, in terms of like those elements that we end up bringing into conflict and conflict resolution, all of that, like it makes it a little bit more difficult to move through. And it takes like sometimes love and sometimes just like care and just a willingness to try and persevere. And, you know, in some cases, it might be the case, as I said, that it's just time to let go. And it might be the case that two people who have been on a path together are no longer walking on that same path. And so discerning, you know, where it might be time to just like walk away and let that go and do the grieving that needs to happen around that. These are all things that I have like really, really been wrestling with and coming to terms with this past year. And something that I've really identified that I want and need for myself moving forward um, with other relationships that have still stayed the course and new ones that I'll be developing in the future is that I want somebody who's willing to do that repair with me. And part of that, and, uh, and thinking about what do I bring into the dynamic is that, you know, I'm a pretty transparent, honest person, and I've learned a lot of how to like bring up my needs and things that are bothering me earlier on, but that is still very much a practice. And I think that because it's still kind of new, there's a lot of relationships that had been established long, long before I had started that. And so I think there were a lot of things that had built up that I hadn't necessarily addressed or communicated. And so that can be a hard thing, right? When you're not like really when you're brushing things under the rug all the time and then one one day it's going to explode because, you know, we're just not made to like hold those things and never feel the effects of that. So as I wrote, um, the empty space that comes with such loss can evoke grief and loneliness, but also make room for other possibilities. And how can we now be more intentional with how we want to fill those empty spaces? And if this resonates with you at all, um, because I know we're all constantly going through loss or like conflicts and, you know, having to navigate that in our relationships, maybe that's a great reflection for y'all to take if you desire that or feel that would be supportive in, you know, cultivating more authentic and meaningful and sustainable connections. Okay, I'm going to do just one last one um, for my 2020 reflection and then jump into my wrap up for season two. So this reflection was about community And I wrote in this Instagram post about this reflection that community has felt hard to come by in more recent times. Part of it is, of course, due to the pandemic. But I've also come to realize that at least some of my longstanding nomadic lone wolf tendencies have been driven by a fear of connection and sense of unbelonging. So in 2021, I worked on healing those parts of me um, and I made a greater effort as well to cultivate a sense of community with certain groups of people. And community for me, when I'm talking about community, I'm thinking more about groups of people, but certainly cultivating connections were also like on an individual relationship level. And when I talk about healing those parts of me, I'm going to try to be super brief with this because I don't actually even want to get too, too heavy into it. But one of the traumas that I've worked on healing is this abandonment trauma that I've had. And this sense of unbelonging, this sense of unwelcome, this sense of like not being able to be myself and be seen as myself and valued for who I am, um, which stems from very, very early childhood trauma, right? And so a very, very long story short, um, I have worked on that part of myself to heal those old wounds, to cultivate a sense of belonging, of self-belonging too, and self-acceptance. 
And it's been such a process. It's still ongoing. And there's so many things around it that I could share maybe in a future episode as well. But through that, I have I have actually cultivated more of a sense of self-love and belief that I do belong on this planet as I once felt I did not. And that enables me just a little bit more to see the possibility of opening up to others, right? It's like it just allows for a greater possibility to be like, okay, maybe I could actually connect with this person or people or whoever, and I don't have to feel like the outsider. And so part of this work has been that kind of self-inner work um, and in therapy and all that stuff. And then part of it has been actually integrating it into everyday practice. And sometimes it's really super small things, like in the moments where I might just have more so felt comfortable to be my usual lone wolf self and like just hibernate in my cabin or whatever. Instead, I'm going to make that effort to like reach out and go talk to somebody else on the farm or be like, hey, let's like do a bonfire and a barbecue and get everybody together um, as a bigger thing to like invite community in and actually spend time and form those connections. And of course, putting myself out there in the dating world is another thing with this where there's even an added layer of like vulnerability for me because a lot of things around safety and not just physical safety, but like psychological and emotional more so can come up for me within that context of dating and romantic relationships and sex and all of that stuff. So I think when we're doing this kind of work, like one huge thing that I've learned is that can be really small things where we just try to do something a little bit differently to open ourselves up to the thing that we actually do want, which for me, I've identified is connection and cultivating community, putting my roots down somewhere maybe in a physical space, but maybe it's in a group online, which, you know, I've done. But being like, I'm here and I belong and I'm going to invest my time and I'm going to bring my presence into the room and I'm going to speak up and I'm going to say my piece. And there's actually something really vulnerable about that for me, but it's also allowing me to experience moments of connection and bonding and love and care with other people, whereas I may not have had that opportunity if I was just continuing to self-protect and be more alone. Okay, y'all, there's so much more I can say about 2021. My gosh, Um, so many things around work, money, nutrition. I feel like my relationship with those things have changed a lot. I was working with my friend and nutrition wellness coach, Zenat, who um, is just incredible, has been such a great friend to me as well. And yeah, like it's just been super life-changing to look at food in a different way and also integrate that and practice that more into my life where I'm eating cleaner, healthier, and just learning so much more about my body and what I need to do to take care of myself. So lots of great things have happened in 2021, although it still felt like a very intense year and still full of a lot of like deep sort of inner so-called shadow work. And I think a lot of the reason for that was because there was so much boundaries work that was being done. And I think in doing that kind of work and really practicing your boundaries, especially at first when it's still a little bit like new and maybe for me, anyway, I'll speak for myself, but still falling into some of the same patterns with like being drawn to certain people who, again, are just replicating patterns that don't serve me, but it's just really easy and familiar and comfortable to fall into that. And then it's like, well, okay, gotta like backtrack here or like set a boundary or like 
it was a lot of emotional labor there, but it was also opportunities and um, just moments where I needed to also look inward and be like, hey, what's going on here for me? And so it, it brought up a lot of stuff, um, but it was great and continued working with my amazing, amazing therapist um, and all of these things and just healing so much. And honestly, though, like just cultivating so much more resilience um, internally that is just moving me forward in such an optimistic and hopeful way for 2022. All right, y'all, I know I said that the second half of this uh, episode would be about wrapping up season two. Um, This got super long, so I'm actually going to divide these two episodes in two parts. And so stay tuned for the next part of this end of year wrap up where I talk about my biggest lessons learned from doing all this trauma healing work, the spiritual development work over the last couple years, which is what's covered in season two of the Souls Work Podcast. And in the meantime, thanks so much for tuning in to this episode. I hope you got some great takeaways from my reflections in 2021, or that it at least maybe inspired you to even reflect back um, on your year to see what was great about it. What were your patterns? What do you want to change going into 2022? And how do you just want to kind of close off this year? Maybe let go of certain things or just kind of leave it in 2021 where it perhaps belongs and uh, just kind of walk into the new year a little bit more refreshed, a little bit more grounded, and just a little bit more certain in knowing what you want for your more authentic life. Thanks again, y'all. Take care of yourselves. Lots of love and self-love. Peace.